Good afternoon, good day, konnichiwa, and welcome to another episode of My 15 Minutes Podcast. And if you are indeed coming back to this pod chat, I would be shocked. This is episode attempt number four of My 15 Minutes, a pod chat that usually runs closer to a narcissistic half hour. Recording from America's heartland, Scottsdale, Arizona. This is Bob Kubota, stand-up comedian and gum flapper, leading you down life's little rabbit holes, big or small and real or imagined, kicking the tires of perception, consensus, reality, groupthink, belief, conspiracy, and anything that falls into into the category of the unexplained. How is everybody? Hello, Tony. Hello, Rob. Hi, Shirley. Hi. Hi. I'm good. (laughs) You're good, huh? Yes, I am. Uh, Let's, uh, we're just chatting about, uh, because we're all, uh, you know, touching the world of stand-up comedy we are and i've touched it and you've touched it i have touched we've it. we've uh, rolled around with it we've uh we've you know tried to make nice with it we've been angry with it we've been uh, everything with it you know we have comedy is a uh, more than just a uh, it's so much more than funny isn't it it comedy. is it is it's, it's a lot more than funny yeah uh the I, audience the audience just sees the it's like it's like the shark all they see is the fin sticking out of the water. That's right. They don't see the shit under that's going to bite you. There's that. There's the stuff they don't see. Yeah. And, and the stuff they do see yeah. is all um, perceived differently. You know, I was on a TV show back in the, uh, I don't know, late 90s, uh, a Jeff Valdez production called Funny is Funny. It was on CTV, you know. Jesus, and Jeff Valdez. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. And so you know that funny can't possibly be funny if it's that specific of a market. I mean, you know what was funny on that show. Right. Jeff Valdez, right, and and, and, and all uh, all of the little uh, all of the little guys that were going to be stars like uh, Gabriel Iglesias and people like that. You yeah, know? the future was then. It was being. Did you ever work his club back in the day? Uh, the uh, comedy corner. The comedy it? corner. That's right. With a giant yeah. picture of his face, a cartoon picture of his face on the front of the. Club. I don't believe I ever worked his club or anything that he booked, other than these shows. The when he got yeah. into production and stuff like that. The yeah. reason why that sticks into my head is because, you know, the expression that funny is funny is something that uh, people toss around and, uh, you know, it's sort of like a mantra of uh, how comedy works. Funny is funny. That's what I'm saying. You've heard it a thousand yeah. times, right? You know, I, I, whatever you, here's, here's my thought. Funny is funny. Funny is funny, right? Yeah, and it's, yeah. And it's not, uh, I don't think it's really true. And uh, because uh, it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. How many times have you went out and did, did your set? Everything went fantastic everybody laughed and mm-hmm. applauded and mm-hmm. clapped and boom you're a genius and then yeah. the next night full room different energy same act yeah more, <laughs> more times than I, than I will officially admit on this show so does what does that tell you does that tell you that you're not funny or sometimes funny or that the, the audience is uh, sometimes not uh, really st- swift to what's going on or just that people are different and that everybody perceives things differently it's it's all of that. I think it's primarily you know it could be the vibe of the room, uh, whatever went on. You know there is a sometimes a, a kind of a group conscience that if uh, if they all got in late and the, and there's terrible service and the air conditioning is not working, they're going to be surly. They're going to be surly because of the environment that was created. You know it might be a surly time. Something terrible has happened in that uh, to make everybody in that town angry or ginned up or in that state or in the country or in the world. You know or it might be you, man. 
you just you know you, your energy a is lot lower. of factors though sometimes yeah. it, sometimes yeah. it indeed is you yeah it is sometimes it is you yeah you know you're you're telling you know, your energy is not there mm-hmm. you know you, right you're 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 a little bit off there is uh, uh what a lot of people realize the the classic example of that is what a lot of people don't know more people do now that Richard Pryor's Live on the Sunset Strip, probably one of the greatest stand-up comedy movies ever made. Mm-hmm. That there was a sh- the one that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. That there was a show the night before they were taping both nights for coverage, and the night before he bombed and walked off. Ah. it was terrible. There's now video of it. I saw it on a documentary where he was. Oh, I would love to see he was that. Going, this this shit ain't working. That's it. <sighs> this was his big comeback after the. Uh, the self-immolation exercise. Uh-huh, uh-huh, it uh-huh. was a disaster. Uh-huh. And he came back the next night and made the jokes. He, he, what One of his managers, one of the people they were interviewing, said he started his act backwards. He was doing his last joke first, and he got kind of jumbled in his head. And it, you know, and there's still people, we love you, Richard. You know, yeah, I appreciate that, but the shit ain't working. You know, And he walked off. He was supposed to do 90 minutes. He was out there less than an hour. A bomb, a disaster. Uh-huh. And if he hadn't come back... That would have been the story. Uh-huh. Story would be, and then on you know, his final comeback, he totally bummed, and that was it. But he went back the next night and made the movie that we all know. Uh-huh. So, yeah, some nights it is some. Well, so, you've heard this too. There are no bad crowds, there are no bad audiences. Mm. There is no such thing mm. as a bad audience. That's up to you to make, mm. to make bread or not make bread with this particular group of people. There's no such thing as a bad no boy. such thing as a bad cra- well, no such thing as a bad child yeah well, I'm not father there's no such against- thing as a bad person yeah. no such thing as a bad politician there's no such thing as a bad warmonger I don't know I'm just saying here's there's here, no such thing as a bad crowd here you, I there is sometimes a bad crowd uh, but here's my personal philosophy okay whether the crowd was bad or not the crowd once the show is over is not actionable. They have now dispersed and ceased to exist. Right. What is actionable is me to be That's able true. to look back. They, they self-destruct in five minutes they after do. the show. That's right. Yeah, like paper and fire. And what is actionable oh, for me to look? Little Melancamp reference there. there I like that. Yeah, Sweet. absolutely. Uh, which re- and that song actually referenced um, referenced HUD. So mm, uh, sure. Yeah, it was, it was based on huh? His son. His son. Yeah, but HUD. The movie HUD. Uh, that and sure. uh, uh, and when walls came tumbling down, uh-huh. some people ain't no damn good. Is sure. directly from the movie HUD sure. by Larry McMurtry. Rain on the Scarecrow. Yeah, this is yeah. all that was yeah, all about so, that. So he was he was very good friends with the guy who wrote HUD. Yes, so. but Any, anyways. Anyway, the point is this: I can't do anything about that crowd. I can look back at the show and go, even though they were a terrible crowd, mm-hmm. is there something I could have done? Mm-hmm. And not a blame thing. Is there something? Right. I could, what could I? It's it. It's like a pitcher. Going out, who is a 20-game winner who gets shellacked in the first three innings, uh-huh. nine runs off him, they take him out in the third uh-huh. inning. Uh, a really good one will then go back and watch game film with the coach, mm. and instead of going, well, they were just really good. <laughs> and, you know, they were a bad and then, crowd. And then, um, you know, it was a bad umpire. He kept getting <laughs> balls under his strike. Sure. He's going to look at it and go, you know what? I could have been a little better at my curve. Just throw a fastball there. Look at the way I'm coming off the mound. So for me, whether the audience was bad or not, I'm still going to kind of access what I could have done differently or what I could do to improve. So sure. I move myself forward. Sure. You look at it like I do. Is like uh, I think all crowds are bad. I hate people. Well, there's that too. <laughs> that's why I – but that's actually very serious. That's why I always take that point of view uh, that this could be a miserable failure every single time. 
Yeah. And that's the best mental approach to take. Yeah. And so that minimizes the amount of failures because it keeps me at least in the idea that this could go in. And you never know. This group of people, the way they synthesize things can go anyway. And you got to be ready for that. Even if it's even if it turns into the greatest show of your life, you're still, okay, I got yeah. away with that one. Yeah, I, want, I want to ask you a question. Okay. So, this is a, so uh, I, I'm doing a show tonight. It's a private show. I don't do a lot of shows. You, you, you don't see me out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday at local clubs. That's right. You're, well, you're like Leno. Yeah, working out stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you go out and work out a lot of stuff, okay? For me, I will admit this, uh, and I've got it down to about 30 seconds, but about 30 seconds before I go on, I decide I'm not going to go on and that I hate this and I'm not going to do it. It's about, and I stand there and I go, fuck, this is stupid. And then I hit the stage and I'm generally okay. Right. So there's a certain level of anxiety Right. That I experience every time I know I'm going to go on. But once I become aware, I'm going to do a show Wednesday. I'm going to do a show tonight. Do a show. So there's a certain level of anxiety that then takes away a little bit of the enjoyment right. until I do it. Right. And then it, it comes back. fucks up my day. Yes. Do you go yes, through that? Yes, it's an all-day thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I have a little show tonight down at the... Uh, the I'll plug my show tonight. At the Be an Artist over here in Ahwatukee. A little, little an artist. artist colony type show. I'm with bring, uh, Valerie Roberts. I'm going to bring uh, my friend Valerie Roberts, uh, somebody who you've, you've, uh, you've learned very well. Yeah, she's very good. She's a very talented person. Very talented person, and uh, yeah, so we're gonna do this together. And uh, so, but again, I'm just like, uh, I'm is that a is that a comedy spot thing? Uh, no, it used to be. It's uh, that was changed due to um, what do you call nefarious behavior. And uh, I, I will neither confirm nor deny. No confirm or deny, but yeah. So now it was uh, just you know some comics or whatever taking over. She's uh, trying to hook do it, it up herself or whatever, and she's know know some people now, so she can do that. Yeah, cool. But yeah, exactly. It's just sort of like oh, oh well, artists. Well, it's going to be not going to be a club. It's yeah. not going to be. Oh, oh my God! What's that going to be like? So yeah, it does. It, it does af- affect you all day. You know, it's yeah. a, so when they say that, oh, you only work an hour a night or half an hour a night or whatever. It's like actually, it's not true. Yeah, you agonize all day. How do you? Uh, so let me ask you this, and, and this could be helpful to others. How do you cope with that? How do you deal with that? Uh, I just go. I just know I've done it so many times that it, uh, the sky never really falls, and that you yeah. just have to trust that. Even if you feel like, oh, I don't feel like uh, uh, like I should be feeling for this. This is not how I normally feel. Yeah, and you get used to that too, and then that starts to go away. You don't. You, you just become sort of. Once you get used to that, you don't start feeling anything. Is really the idea, you know? Uh, have you ever experienced this? Where they tell you you're going on, and you get you you getting yourself there. You know, mm-hmm. you get, and then they come up to you and go, wait, 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 it's going to be another 10 minutes. Sure. And then, oh, wait, we told you, this sure. other guy's coming up. I went through that not too long ago on a charity show. It was right. a charity show. Right. And I had myself there. I go, I'm there, man. Where I, when I hit the stage, I'm hitting the stage like a locomotive, and I was ready. And then they came up and went, well, no, wait a minute, there, there's one more person's going up. Right. It's a, and it was a musician, and he was terrible. Right. And now... And now you have, to re, you have to re-gauge everything. You have to regather. You yeah. Know, now, now you're thinking, okay, what I'm going to say about this guitar guy when I go up there. I mean, everything you had planned is now gone in that sense. And then you have to replan and replan. And you'll do that with 10 times in a minute before yeah. you go up, right? Now, let me ask you this, okay? Um... Uh, have you ever gone up? You're preparing to go up. Um, hell, how do I put this? Uh, where, as you have you ever had to change right in midstream? As soon as you hit the stage, 
you go, wow, everything I was going to do is... Absolutely. Yeah. Off the track immediately. Yeah. I'm not even on the track I was supposed to start on. And then I, was, I would allow myself to go on to other tracks. But to yeah. start on the wrong track is like... It's like dropping the needle in the middle of the album. Yeah. It just doesn't... Wait, 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 what? What's... Yeah. Going, you know, and... Uh, yeah. It's like scratching the yeah. wall. You're coming to... Exactly. No, yeah. no age in this uh, conversation, yeah. folks. Scratch your records. But... Um, well, you, but, could, you could do that with the 78s. That's and they, right. That's right. <laughs> And, it would fall, and the little 45s that would fall one. Like yeah. That, that little stack there. That was nice. But going back, comedy comedy is, uh, what is it? Dying is easy. Comedy is hard, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, this has always been the case for comedy ever since the beginning of time. And now, but I, I posit that comedy is now, because of these things we're talking about, one of them being political correctness is what's mm. changed the perception of the way audiences is, is, cha- is perceiving what they're hearing. Uh, more than anything else, and I think it's causing them to artificially dislike things that they've been told to dislike as opposed to they can figure that out on their own. And I think that's causing a confusion with people who are listening to different people talk. You know, uh, I think that uh, with a hyper, it's a now, it's a very hypersensitive audience, and, they, and oftentimes they can't even explain what they're being sensitive to. And uh, so I think that's a concern, especially in the last bastion of free speech, stand up comedy, you know. And, yeah. Uh, that would be a horrible, th- I mean, it's already horrible in the sense that it's degrading. It's degrading communications. It's now, we're now judging ourselves on the word choice as opposed to the, to the content of the concept. And um, that's where we're going a little bit of astray and losing our, uh, I don't know what you would call it, I don't want to call it a factor of intelligence, but our ability to communicate has definitely taken a strong nosedive in that in that area because everybody reacts so wildly differently about actually if you think about it back in the old days there were all these different points of view but they weren't so far apart well that was one of the issues yeah they, they weren't so far there was a there was a more uh, or what appeared to be the, the accessible media in America covered a much broader spectrum mm-hmm. than it does now mm-hmm. so uh the majority of people watched there were at seven o'clock in the evening there were three television shows on right you had a choice of right. one of three as right. opposed to 300 mm-hmm. which means that even if you weren't watching what was on abc you were watching what was on cbs you were aware of what was on abc you know uh and you maybe your friends across the street had watched mm-hmm. it or maybe you'd gotten to that point in america of uh, just really entitlement where there was sure. two televisions in the house right? and somebody was watching the ABC, you know, yeah. the kids were upstairs watching Hullabaloo while you're downstairs watching, you know, Guns of Will Sonnet or whatever. So, although they were not, Hullabaloo was early 60s, uh-huh. Will Sonnet late 70s. But let me, let me say this, let, I, let me play a little bit of, a, I don't like to play devil's advocate because I've met the devil and he needs no advocate. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you write that yourself? I did. Yes, I did. Tony wrote that himself, <laughs> That's ladies mine. and gentlemen. I've said it to people. Whenever anybody, I'm trying to explain somebody, go, let me play devil's advocate. I go, he needs no advocate. By the way, if he needed one, it wouldn't be you. You know, <laughs> when people say that to me, I'll be devil. Yeah, devil is that you. different from friend of the devil? Is that Friend of the devil is a song by the Grateful Yes, I Dead. know, but is yeah. that different? It is different. Okay, yeah. all right. Just okay. checking. <laughs> all right. Uh, and it's, it's also different than the Debo's advocate. The Debo's? The Devil. <laughs> oh, the Devil. The, de- the Devil's. <laughs> The devil's etiquette. At one time, you know, everybody is railing against what they call political correctness in speech and in stand-up comedy, but there has always been very strong restrictions on stand-up comedy. Usually, though, that was more profanity 
related. It, it was topic related too. You were not going to go on the Ed Sullivan show and True. go. Go, I'm against the war, and here's why. Right, but don't you see we we actually hit a peak, and now we're backtracking. Possibly. Think of how we grew up. Think of a movie like The Bad News Bears that was huge when we were kids yeah. and young and how popular and how funny it was and all yeah. that stuff. It's just the least politically correct thing ever put out in the uh, on in the, yeah. in the especially with kids involved and you had kids saying things to adults and to each other racial uh disease ridden uh, uh misogynistic uh ageist all these kinds of things but it was funny because yeah. of it it was why it was why uh, uh the character of archie bunker was funny back in the day because it was it was you know uh, it was representing a side of uh of human thought that needed to be examined, you know. Sure. But, but if you if you saw it correctly, you were not, not offended by it. If you saw it correctly, you know, I got a, a buddy of mine who worked very high up in television who used to say, "He go, we couldn't make All in the Family today." But they that's could, right. They could That's make, correct. They could make two and a half men. Sure. Okay. Which is far more. I sit down occasionally and see, and I go, "This is this is far more destructive to society. This is destructive to personal relationships. This is destructive to the relationships between men and women. Mm. How we view things. Everybody wants to be like Charlie Sheen now. I mean, yeah. this is highly destructive. It's yeah. not instructive though. That's the thing. Yeah. All in the family was instructive, and that's the th- that's what's missing. You know, that was always my problem. I would watch Two and a Half Men, and I always aspired to be the other guy. <laughs> the John Cryer? <laughs> That's funny. Got, if I'm lucky, one of these days. <laughs> I was always kind because of, I never had a place in Malibu, but I have friends in Malibu, sure. and I would stay at their place. So I was kind of in that John Cryer kind of, but that's, he was my role. John Cryer is my role model in life. That's funny. That's in funny. Two and a Half Men with Ashton Kutcher. <laughs> okay. That's my... You know, <laughs> No specifics. You know here. what? You know. You know what I think might be. Uh, uh, let me say this. Okay, so I'm 61. I know that you're still 30, but uh, I'm <laughs> 61. And what happens is, you, as you reach a certain point, look. When I was a kid, I could tell you every underground band, every underground comic. I could tell you that up till around. I used to joke around as I said I checked out of Pearl Jam. After Pearl Jam, I could no longer keep up. Before that, I could keep right. up. I could. Even people sure. go, "Wow, for a dude your age, you know all these great indie bands." I just. Although I did know who Lena Del Rey was today, uh, I kind of checked out. So you're not able to keep up with those undercurrents, with those trends that are rapidly changing the minnows that actually change the stream itself. And you can then go, you can, and that's when you can become rather leaden in your approach, and then you look like you're out of it. I used to work Vegas. You used to work Vegas, and every once occasionally in a while, still do. Yeah, and every once in a while, back when we were young comics starting out. We would run across, and it was always cool to me, some guy from the 50s or 60s. You know, uh, Adam Keefe I ran across, or David Fry played out there, or the guy who's in uh, uh, the movie uh, Raging Bull, who's the comic, when they go in, they go, hey, lady, laugh. I laugh when you walk in. <laughs> that guy, he used to, I used to so the, they go up there, and I'd go, they're funny, but their references were so outdated. That's right. Their topics were, so, right. were so approached in such, a, uh, in such a Neanderthal way that people didn't laugh. Is that what's actually happening as opposed to political correctness? Uh, I think there's some degree of that. I think there's generational sensibility that separates groups as well. So yeah. it's something that this used to be funny in my day when we'd say this, yeah. people would laugh. Well, it's not your day yeah. anymore. And yeah. then, you know, and it's, you know. At 22, you uh, and I would go, why should be able to say that? A 22-year-old wouldn't even think of saying but, it. But I compare that to like doing comedy in another country, in yeah. another English-speaking country. Yeah. 
you know it's you know it's all contemporary but again you know it's just they're going to miss some references and some things that we take for granted colloquialisms whatever sure. and uh and and usually they come up to hey, i understood about 60 percent of what you said i really yeah. enjoyed it you know that kind yeah. of thing you know i didn't understand that and that but i really understood you know that kind of stuff yeah. and so you feel you 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 see which which types of comedians generally have the widest appeal it's, yeah these are the ones without references have you noticed that the without uh time constraining marks of uh of what do you call period pieces or whatever yeah. you call them is that guys who can talk Re- or, or uh, take a Brian Regan or somebody yeah. who he's just about experiences or whatever. But I put you in there, which is know, great. I, I, I've I've known you. I've known you a long time. I've uh, uh, um, watched you for years. We worked together. You are extremely extremely funny. In my, I was talking about yesterday when I was starting out. You, you were like one of those guys. You watch him go. I got to get better. Look what he's doing. I got I got to. All right, now I got to work. It's like it's like watching another guitar. And then twenty years later, you look and go, "I'm glad I didn't do what he did." Yeah, no, but anyway. I don't know. You know, I mean, look, I, in in the levels of envy, sometimes I look and I go, "You know, Bob's out doing gigs all over the world. I like what I'm doing." But sometimes I look and go, "I wonder what that life would be like. I wonder if that'd be cool for me." But so it's not that. But I've watched you. You don't do anything that anybody would be offended by. Yet there's still an underlying message. And you're still able to talk about race or whatever you're interested in. You know how to make it funny without pissing anybody off. I sometimes piss people off on purpose <laughs> for fun. Yeah, yeah. On Facebook. Yeah, but I, but you know what? It's, I think it's better to. I think I can subtly, uh, sort of under the radar, kind of get under people in a way that they won't. Eh, they won't. They'll just sort of like, eh, okay, whatever. I'd rather almost uh, be the guy who can overtly piss somebody off. So I yes. would know that yeah. I would know that they're pissed off. Yeah. Oftentimes I don't know, uh-huh. or that they're oh they're just they don't they didn't like that one thing you said you know that's enough you know it's not enough to cause a uh-huh. war but it's enough to, you know I hang out over here kind of a thing but I don't, if I don't know that I can't correct that yeah and so it's sometimes it's better to be bombastic like Tony and go out and just turn the tables over and get everybody you know whatever yeah throwing beer steins at each other <laughs> no, no um, but. But but at least people know is the point, yeah. you know, and they know who you are and where you're coming from, and yeah. I think that can be tricky in this business because I don't think people always know where I'm coming from, because my one man show is called Everything I Don't Appear to Be, yeah, which is if you look at me, I, you would never if you just didn't know me and just saw me, you would you'd never get anything right. That you're a secret psycho killer, murders people well, at rest stops. That yeah. you might yes. be yeah. sniffing <laughs> around the truth. But yeah, people wouldn't go. Hey, you know, you know, whatever. Comed- yeah. I don't know if that you might even find that true about yourself. You go. Hey, nobody looks at me. And goes. Hey, I'm a comedian. You know, or yeah. whatever. You know, you travel, whatever. You, you don't do. walk in in a loud suit with a cigar, going, "Hey, everybody!" Well, I know that guy's not a comedian. Yeah, that guy's Rupert Pupkin. But, <laughs> I, I was yeah. talking with someone yesterday about uh, a mutual friend of ours from the past, Bill Hicks. Yeah. And, and how nondescript. And you're you're like that. That off stage, he almost like faded into the woodwork. Sure. He was an everyman. Uh, and some people, and, and generally, I found that that very talented, many very talented people, are like that because what the attention they need, of course, they're going to get in that mm-hmm. half hour, that hour, right? You know, so yeah, there's nothing about you that if I if I met you on the street that I'd go, oh, this guy's obviously a. Hey, does he even speak English? I don't. I don't even know. I don't yeah. know where he could be. He could be my neighbor for thirty years, and he could have just hopped off the boat. Babe. Yeah, you know that kind of stuff. You yeah. know, I'm just saying you don't know, and I don't even consider that politically incorrect or rude. How yeah. would somebody know unless they knew you or talked to you? That's right. Or all that kind of thing. So, so a lot of so a lot of going back to the PC thing is a lot of the, a lot of the language and stuff that's used today, and I still use myself, and because I'm not I'm not a, a comfortable huggy huggy. 
you know, that yeah. kind of guy. I'm not concerned about that. My way of showing affection is by being jabby at you and yeah. that kind of stuff. And some of the sweetest people I know in the world, you know, the nicest people, some of my best friends are that way. Yeah. You know, and I know they're not going to do any harm to me. They're only going to help me, you know, yeah. whatever. They would, they would, you know, li- they would piss on me if I was on fire. <laughs> you know, they're good people. Count me there. <laughs> if you're ever on fire, I will piss on you. I go, yeah. that was my chance. So, so <laughs> I, I have this argument all the time with people who uh, who really think that's the most important thing is how we how we say these things. It's like, look, you know, I had to grow I had to learn what these things meant. You know, yeah. When I grew up, I had to learn that that's not, you know, that they don't mean anything by that and they mean something by that. You know, you just should learn to know that in the, in, in the case of just having street smarts and uh, just be able to get through life because you know it's not going to always be go your way. You have to be able to, you know. Deal. Well, you know, political correctness kind of started as being a polite way to tell racists that they can't call black people right. the N-word. Sure. Instead of going, you're a racist, right. they go, well, we don't use that language because right. it's not politically correct. So I say darkie now. Is, yeah. that, is that okay? <laughs> it's fine with me. Okay, all right. All right. Uh, and of course, there's going to be uh, uh, abuses and, and outlandish behavior with, within the, the purview of trying to move society forward into a more inclusive mm-hmm. environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, what it really is is at one time, and up until the recent past, uh, in a in a white male dominated culture, white males got to make the rules about what was acceptable, not acceptable. There are now other people at the table that get to say that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. And if the white male, so. That's kind of what's changed. And so usually who I see railing against PC are guys my age right? that are my skin color, that mm-hmm. are kind of of my... Uh, look, a guy who's a multi-multi-millionaire... Right. The white guilt the, crowd. The, 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 the white middle-class guys <laughs> in their 50s and 60s go, well, that's you, I'm going to say whatever I want. And I go, well, you know, go ahead. So I kind of view it as that you, there now has to be consensus on the rules. And that you also get to get be called what you get to want to be called. You know, if, if I want to call you uh, a Jap uh-huh. and you say to me, I don't like that, Tony. Right. Okay. That you have a right to right. say that. And then to, and right. you, you have a right to label that as offensive. But I also just have the right to come back and call you something worse. Yeah, but what are you going to call me? A, a white guy? Well, I can think of other names that have to do with race. <laughs> They have nothing to do with genetics. Well, you know, I but, got it, I got into an argument on Facebook yesterday. There were people posting pictures of Hillary Clinton and, and making fun of the way she looks. And I, I wrote, I go, usually you shouldn't punch down, but in your case, you're actually punching up. And it was like <laughs> a ball headed guy. And he, yeah, you come and say that to my face. They go, I got another Facebook tough guy. You know, so, <laughs> you know, I, for me at this point, I go, I want to get to laugh, but I want to get to laugh in a cool way. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and maybe and that, that, just for me personally. Well, that's generally how we draw the line between yeah. comics that are seem to be helping the 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 craft and ones that are certainly yeah. just taking up space and larding the craft. And that's usually what the all everybody's looking for is you have a way you want to get the laugh and you do it that way. Yeah. And that's that's usually all we ask yeah. of comedians, right? Yeah. And so I have the same belief. I don't like larding with lots of profanity. You yeah. Know, I don't like profanity-laden punchlines. I don't like profanity-laden setups. I just yeah. don't like, <laughs> Yeah, you, know? and you don't do them, yeah. Yeah, it's not interesting. It's just, what's the point? I don't get uh, it, you know. I think there's a better way to, uh, you know, with p- young, younger comics I work with, instead of going, well, that's not politically correct, I talk about punching up and punching down and self-deprecating. And also, how much more satisfying it is to find an interesting way to say something stage-worthy as opposed to something anybody can come up with. Right. And when you put, if you put it that way to a person who's writing, 
then that becomes kind of an exciting challenge to them as, as mm-hmm. opposed to going, well, that's offensive. Mm-hmm. Then any anybody with a comics mind, the minute you say to us, I find that offensive, mm-hmm. we're like, we're like, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's one of the issues, how you approach it. Sure. People are not politically correct in the way they approach helping people to not be politically incorrect. Mm-hmm. I find a lot of the young comics today don't even understand what that means, to be political. I mean, to be tasteful in front of whatever audience you you have i think they they have one gear and they're they the audience has got to go with it that's it yeah you know yeah. i can say what i was and they got to go with it. i don't care how old where they came from whatever what their sense yeah. of, they got to go with it because i'm you know I'm yeah, the artist that, and that's yeah. but i still see see even, that's the other side of it yeah. there's a combination of old school and new school comedy out there everybody who's ever done comedy is out there doing it today yeah un- unless they died yeah um but uh, you you notice that the styles you know how the styles have changed and you know the, yeah. the joke tellers and this and that to the storytellers and all this kind of yeah. stuff. But guess what? The joke tellers still win. Yeah, they still win. Well, you know, you, even you, with young people, they still yeah. like laughing a lot. That's what they like. People, you know, you can comics that sit around and talk about the art of comedy all they want. You got to remember that there's an audience and the audience right. is out there for a primary purpose. Sure, and that is to laugh. Well, I noticed that the last show I did is just like you know the newer school has uh, you know I won't point out any names in that sense, but it's 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 long. You know, there might be there's no laughs during all the long setup, yeah. and then there's a just just a punchline, and then there's just like it doesn't it doesn't have a it, it's it's getting like this person laughs at something you said here they twitter because they recognize something oh, yeah oh i went to bermuda <laughs> yeah and this person but there's never a collective yeah there's never well, a controlled collective of what's going on and, and then there's the, then there is the people uh, like that yeah. then there's the dumbing down people well, it doesn't have to be all about laughs no it doesn't all have right. to be laughs but most of it but most of it that. yeah or some of it yeah or some of how it. about a tenth of it let's start with that <laughs> i mean you know Again, it's like it's a recipe. It's an ingre- yeah. It's a series of ingredients. Yeah. If you if 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 the garlic or the whatever's not there, it ain't gonna taste right. Yeah. So. Yeah, there there is that, and and I I, I get that from young comics. Who go, well, I just want to tell stories. They go, well, it's not. Yeah, called, it's not I called hear a, that a lot. It's not a story club. It's not a story. Exactly. Yeah, I go. It's, it's a, a comedy. comedy club. Club. I go, and you can decide whatever <clears> it is. <throat> but if I'm booking a heavy metal bands, and you come in with a damned oboe and and a bassoon, okay. Uh, if I'm foolish enough to put you on stage, the audience is going to boo you because mm-hmm. they've come out to listen to heavy metal. Mm-hmm. It, it, to change that, you could put a country band in front of heavy metal, but it's got to be fucking Hank Williams Jr. The Hank Williams the third mm-hmm. and his grandfather come back to life that make that <laughs> that make that audience go, oh, this is not what we came for, but this is better or different. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. I said, well, I just feel like I should be able to go up and tell stories. You go, what makes you think anything in your life? Is interesting right. enough to these people. To these people, certainly to these people. <laughs> certainly not to me. I think your grandmother would have had a hard time paying attention. But you know, <laughs> you know. yeah, you know, you're, you're boring. <laughs> and what it is is, what I think underlies all of that is I know for those people, it's a, I know I'm not funny. Maybe someday I'll be funny. Mm-hmm. I still want to be able to get on stage. This is how I'm going to learn by abusing audiences, mm-hmm. and hopefully one day I'll get there. Yeah, you yeah, know. So yeah. yeah, but nobody's teaching them that. too. if you abuse audiences long enough, you won't get any more audiences. Oh, some, some. There are some people teaching them that. <laughs> 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 so, uh, yeah. Listen, man. Uh, wildly oh and weirdly we're, enough, we're, we're over. We're over double time here. There's no overtime pay here, man. And my, 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 my one minute. 
we got, we're a minute over, and that means it's overtime for my staff here. Yeah. Thank God you fit inside the budget. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, well, go talk to your union rep. Well, that's a <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good topic, and I think so. We should talk about it more. Uh, down we will road, talk uh, about it more, and maybe even get some other perspectives on this stuff yeah. in here because you know what, everybody's got it wrong except for us, Tony. You know what? No one. You know, no one. No, you and I rode in this town together, Bob and. I think they may, it's time for us to go. You rode a different horse, though, man. <laughs> My horse limped in on three. I don't know what it was, but uh, uh, yeah. But uh, I rode in on a fast horse. A fast I came, horse. All, but all I came in with was a uh, good Christian raising and an eighth grade education. Yeah. And I ain't going to be treated this way. <laughs> all right. I think maybe you and I, Bob, should ride our horses out to a different place. Okay. Stay out some new town well, or territory. I think you should be senator, <laughs> senator. So, thank you very much for listening. Tune in. Let's get out of here and let's go think of something for next time. Yeah, okay. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye.